Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Welcome to Highway, guys. It's a new day. Brand new day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for filling us with your spirit, with your perfect love that, that wins every time, that never fails. Father, we thank you for your love that endures long and is patient and kind. Your love that is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. Your love that is not boastful or vainglorious. Your love that does not display itself haughtily. We thank you for your love that is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. We thank you for your love in us because you're in us. Your love in us that is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. We thank you for your love in us, Father, does not, that does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self-seeking. We thank you, Lord, for your love in us that does not take into account the evil done to it. We thank you for your love in us that keeps no record of wrongs. Hallelujah. Thank you for your love in us that forgives everybody. Father, we've forgiven everybody. We forgive everybody. Anyone who's ever hurt us a little wee bit or a whole lot, we forgive them. We totally forgive them. Why? Because you forgave us. You totally forgave us. You loved us first. And it's your love for us that enables us to love others. Hallelujah. It's in Jesus' name that we live and love. Amen. That didn't hurt too bad, did it? <laughs> so God's calling out to you. I think I heard a phone ring there just a moment ago. That was, probably, that was probably him. He's calling out to you, and he wants you to see as he sees. He wants you to believe as he believes. Because when you believe God, your eyes are open. And you see things that you never saw before. You understand things that there's no other way to understand when you actually believe his word. It's amazing. And the people who haven't believed his word won't understand you. It doesn't make any sense to smile at someone who, who just cursed you and, and flipped the finger at you and, and wants bad things for you. It doesn't make any sense to smile and to pray for them as far as the world is concerned, but when you're looking at Jesus, it makes a lot of sense because Jesus did the same for us, right? And it's his love that takes people out of their unforgiveness and bitterness into love and joy and peace and freedom. Hallelujah. When you love, you're seeing things as God sees them. Isn't that something? 
God is love. So when I'm choosing to, to act according to his spirit in me, now you can have the spirit of God in you but choose not to yield to, to him, right? Just because we're born again doesn't mean we're automatically going to always do what's pleasing to God. We do have to keep our minds stayed on him. We do have to realize that we're new creations in Christ, that just because we feel a certain way doesn't mean we are that way. You are not your feelings. You're a new creation in Christ, right? So just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you are that way. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. Isn't that good? So maybe man has analyzed you and assessed you based on your behavior, what you've said and done, and they say you're a such and such. But man doesn't know what he's talking about. As that's all man that knows how to do is to assess you based on their own reasoning and their five senses. Well, this is what your behavior tells us. This is what your actions say. This is what your speech says. So you are this. Uh-uh. It's not who you are. If you've put your faith in Christ, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're not an alcoholic. You're not a drug addict. You're not depressed. You don't have... ABCD or ADHD or X, Y, and Z, whatever letters you want to put in, you don't have it. That's not who you are. You don't have it. Jesus took it. And it's when you realize that's not who I am that you begin to be free from it. See, that's Satan's game is to, to replay your behavior over and over again and then tell you that's who you are. You're not saved. You're not a new creation. Look, what, look at the way you just treated that person. Look at the way you're feeling right now. Saved people don't feel like you feel. You're all alone. The way you do, you do the con condemnation is what that's called. Your father will never speak to you in that way. Your heavenly father, right? He'll never speak to you in that way. So we choose not to listen to Satan or spirits of darkness, right? We choose not to listen to condemnation. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. So God wants us to see the reality of who we are in him and to see others as he sees them. And your vision, spiritually speaking and naturally speaking, has a lot to do with the voices you're choosing to listen to. So if you're listening to someone, following someone, that's a social media term, right? and you're letting their voice into your life, who doesn't know the Word of God, and I'm not talking about legalism. Legalism will ruin you. I'm not talking about legalistic with the Bible. There's nothing, there's nothing but death in that. I'm talking about the reality of the person of Christ, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. When, if you're listening to someone who doesn't know those things, you're, you're following and listening to someone who's blind. You see, God has a word for you. And it's a word of life abundantly. It's a word of prosperity. It's a, it's a vision beyond what you've dreamed of. And when you begin to believe and put your trust in God's word to you and for you, you begin to see things in a whole new way. 
Last week we looked at one of my favorite people in history, Abraham. As Abraham was one of, uh, lived 400 some years before Moses did, there was no Ten Commandments when Abraham lived. We learned that there was about 2,500 years of human history before the Mosaic Covenant, right? The Mosaic Covenant was less than 1,500 years of 6,000 years of human history. It's, it's less than 25%. Abraham lived in a time of grace and faith, and he became the father of a covenant that we're in today, and it's a covenant of righteousness by faith. That we believe what God has said to us, and he credits us as his righteousness. That God made his son, Jesus, sin on that cross. And when you put your faith in what Christ did for you on that cross, God gives to you his very own righteousness. By and large, this has not been preached in the body of Christ in America or around the world. Legalism has. But the real gospel will set you free. Set you free from trying to earn God's favor and, and get, get all your, your ducks in a row and just let go and let God in your life. Hallelujah. So here at Highway, we like to focus on the reality of what he's already done for us. We have found that in the finished work, everything we could ever dream of has been provided. And it's done, and we simply enter into it by believing. And that's what Abraham did. God spoke to him. He called him out from the darkness that his family was in. He, he and his father were worshiping pagan idols. It tells us that in the scriptures. And God called him out from that, out from the, his extended family to take his wife and his, uh, his family and to follow God. And Abraham said yes to him. He was 75 years old when God spoke to him. We, we learned that there's a lot of history that you can develop in 75 years, right? A lot, of, a lot of relationships, a lot of people that you know. But God wants you to come higher. He wants you to go further than you've ever gone before. And in Abraham's case, he had to leave behind dark thinking. And when you say yes to God, you realize you're leaving behind dark thinking. You're leaving depression forever. You're leaving it. You're leaving anxiety and fear and worry behind forever. Yes to God is no to depression. You understand that algebraic equation? So if we have yes on this side to God, it, on the other side we have equals joy. The does not equal sign is depression, right? Yes to God is, is, is a yes to confident expectation. It's a yes to joy, it's a yes to peace, it's a yes to health, it's a yes to prosperity. It's a yes to every need of your life being met abundantly. And I know this might make your head tilt a little bit because a lot of us have been conditioned by man's religious thinking. but We haven't separated all that stuff from the real Jesus. Well, we're doing our best to help you in that, all right? Hebrews 11 uh, excuse me, yeah, let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8. Remember last week in part three of the series, we began to rearrange things in our lives because we realized that only one thing is necessary in life, right? The devil wants you to be stressed because he wants you to think you, you've got a million things to do. 
and you better get that done because so-and-so is depending on you for that. And you, better, you better do that. If you don't, and you need to do that. You need to do this, and you better get that done. But Jesus clearly taught us, and we went back. Well, we actually don't think we read it. We just talked about Luke chapter 10. But in the story of Martha and Mary, when, when Jesus came into their home, they responded to Jesus very differently. Mary was so caught up in knowing him that the, she, she saw this as an opportunity to experience him, him coming to her home. Martha, on the other hand, was, was probably caught up, caught up in what others think of her maybe and how her home should look or, you know, what, what type of snacks to serve. And she got mad at Mary because Jesus is in their home and there's a ton of people in their home and all around their home and, and Mary, her sister's not helping her. She's sitting there receiving from Jesus and she came to Jesus to, to, to get Jesus' help in correcting her sister. But Jesus didn't correct her sister. He corrected Martha. He said, Mar- only one thing is necessary. So at Highway, we're people all about one thing. What is that? Knowing Jesus. That's what our whole life's about. What about, you know, my three-year, five-year, ten-year plan and, and retirement and, and, and not us. We're about one thing, knowing him. But you better plan for your future. The, the best way to plan for your future is to say yes to him. To know what he's saying to you today and do it. There's no better three, five, ten-year plan than that. The best way to plan for your future is to say, the best way to prepare for your quote-unquote retirement, it's a term the, the world uses, is to say yes to Jesus now. You see, when a new season comes into your life and if you stop working at a particular job at a certain age and you want to shift gears, God has an abundant supply for you that doesn't depend on the stock market. What does it depend on? His kingdom provision. So we're people who have this kingdom mindset and we realize heaven's resources are ours. So we're not trying to, to make ends meet and, and, and hopefully have enough or, or put things away for a rainy day. God's already given us a storehouse that we cannot exhaust. So our goal is yes to the Father. One thing is necessary, knowing Him, His true nature, who He really is, not what religion says, but the real Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and the rest of the Bible. And what His plan and purpose is for our lives. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it starts by saying, by, by faith, and what is faith? Total confidence in God. 100% confidence in God. Absolutely sure and certain that he is who he says he is, and he did what he said he did, and he'll do what he said he would do. That's faith. Faith is not hoping or wondering. Faith is knowing that it's so. By knowing God is who he says he is, God would do what he said he would do. Abraham, when he was called by God, 
obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, the world would think that's pretty foolish, right? You get in your car and start driving, and your friend's sitting in the passenger seat. He says, where are we going? He says, I don't know. That's a little strange, isn't it? Now, we're talking about a man, 75 years old, who had accumulated a lot of stuff. You know, if you've ever moved from one location to another, you find out how much stuff you've accumulated, right? So, oh, my goodness, where does all this stuff come from, right? Well, it's been with you. You've accumulated it. But here's Abraham, and God speaks to him. Don't get hung up on the word called as if it's something special only for certain people. You're called. In other words, God created you. He has a plan and purpose for you, and he calls you that. And he's speaking to you so you'll get where you were meant to be. So he spoke to Abram. Abram had a unique calling, right, that through him would come the line of the Messiah. God's redemption would come into the earth for all nations. That's a unique calling, right? But you know what? You've got a unique calling. You're the only you that God ever created. And there will never, ever be another you. You know that song? There will never, ever be another you. It's an old jazz standard. Anyway, you're unique. You're the only you there's ever been. But your uniqueness, uniqueness will only rise to the surface when you say yes to the one who made you. And the world doesn't know what to do. They tell you just to believe in anything. You can do it. Just believe you can do it. And you can be whatever you want to be. And that's just not true. I know it sounds positive. The world doesn't know how to be positive. So they get you believing things aren't true. I, I, I will never be an NFL quarterback. I don't care how much I believe it. This is not going to happen. It won't happen. I'm never going to be, uh, you know, a, a goalie for the Bruins. This ain't going to happen. I wasn't made for that. So you can't just be whatever you want to be. That's ignorance. That is downplaying your uniqueness. You are custom made by God and you have a calling on your life, but you can't realize it until you say yes to him today. So by faith, Abraham, what is faith? Realizing that only what God says matters. That's faith. That what all these people have told me over the years really doesn't count because God says something different. Faith is choosing what God says above everybody else. And people will make fun of you for it. You'll lose friends over it. You'll be ridiculed for it. Ask me how I know. <laughs> but I want him more than I want friends. I want him more than I want people to approve of me. Because when all the smoke clears, he's going to be one next to me. He's the one who's with me no matter what. I've seen friends disappear when the heat gets turned up. People you thought were with you aren't with you anymore because they weren't really with you. But God's with you. 
and nothing can separate you from him. Hallelujah. So Abraham was called and you're called. Have you said yes to him? Maybe you haven't heard him speak yet. That can change today. Just turn your attention towards him. Say, Father, here I am. I realize you love me and you made me. I'm the only me you've ever made. Show me your calling for my life. Speak to my heart. Remember when I say speak, I'm not talking about an audible voice like you're hearing now. I'm talking about his spirit speaking to your heart. It's an internal knowing. Because this, these are, are faulty. Or your senses can mislead you. But when the Spirit speaks to your heart, you just know it. There's, there's no, you just know it. That was God. He just, he just spoke to my heart. And it's, it, that's the way, that, that's the communication that God has for you. It's this internal knowing that no one can take from you. Romans calls it a witness. So he went out not knowing where he, go, where he was going. Now, if, you, if you've been following God, you know that's not strange. Because in life, where you're going is not nearly as important as who you're following. Where you're going is not nearly as important as who you're following. And since I began talking to the Lord at 17, I made a decision. I don't care where I live. I just want to be where you want me, when you want me there. And I'll live like that for the rest of my life. And it was different because people were looking at, well, we're, okay, we're, we're, where's the job market at? You know, what's, what's the, what are the taxes like? What's the weather like? What's the, the demographics? I, I don't care about any of that. I want to be where he's called me to be. And that's the way I'm going to live the rest of my life. I just want to follow him. See, the demographic I'm after is heaven. No taxes there. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of revenue and a whole lot of real estate, but no taxes. Hallelujah. So everyone in the IRS who's, who's working for the IRS, they're, they're going to be in a whole new place in heaven. They're going to wow. We've got a whole new system up here. <laughs> no tax code? Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I could preach on that for a long time, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so how do you know who you're following? You don't need to know where you're going. Forget about that. Forget about where you're going. Who are you following? That's what you want to focus on. How do you know who you're following? By the voices you're listening to. See, God has given something to all of us. It's this ability to pay attention. (laughs) To give your focus to someone or something. No creatures have this like we do because we're made in the image of God. We can focus on anyone or anything we want to at any time. That's a wonderful thing, 
but you need to realize how powerful it is. It can save your life or it can ruin your life depending on what you choose to focus on. Right? So my attention, your attention, is an amplifier in my life. So, for example, these speakers, are, there's an amplifier in them that makes my voice sound a lot louder than it is. So my uh, acoustic voice, my sound waves go into this little microphone down this wire, go back to receiver back there, and it sends it back through these speakers. ...as loud as it is is on, right? It's being amplified. It's being made bigger and louder. You probably think I'm like 10 feet tall, but I'm not, right? But your attention does that to whatever it is you're giving your attention to. So if you give your attention to the way you're feeling, your feelings will be amplified. That applies to symptoms of anything the devil's trying to sell you. That applies to depression, anxiety, fear. If you give your attention to it, it will be amplified and get bigger and bigger in your life. But on the other hand, if I give my attention to the presence of God in my life, not way out there somewhere, but I'm a believer, so he's in me. If you're a believer, he's in you. Right? So we practice giving our attention to the one who dwells in us when we go through each day. You have to practice it. It's not going to happen automatically. Because Satan trained us before to give our attention to the loudest noise or the most sensational sight, right? Or the one who's got the most followers on Insta, right? To the influencers. That's an appropriate term. Do you know you're an influencer? We're all influencers. But you will influence people according to what you've given your attention to. So as we go through each day, we're giving our attention to the presence of the one who made us. I don't have time to be depressed. Why? Because I've got to give my attention to his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. So depression is not an option. I can be tempted to go there, but I just don't have time because I'm in his presence. You see? I don't have time for sexual immorality because I'm in his presence. There's fullness of joy in his presence. He's holy. He's clean. He's righteous. I can't go there because I'm in his presence. I've given my attention to his presence. Now, I'm somewhat of a power user on computers, but even as skilled as I've gotten, every once in a while I get some goofy emails. You know, I try and train my email client and block things, but every once in a while I just get these wacko emails from wacko senders. <laughs> and they're, sometimes they're just, just crazy perverted, or sometimes it's just a scam trying to get you to click on something. But it, it has no effect on me. Just delete it and keep on going, you know. I remember years and years ago, it just popped into my mind now, I'll share it with you, me and another pastor uh, were sitting in a sound booth in the sanctuary of a church doing research on the worship set that we were going to rehearse that evening on a computer. 
So we're re- you know, looking for this song and different artists who did the song. And we clicked on something, and all of a sudden, this pornographic video popped up. Two pastors sitting in a sanctuary <laughs> getting ready for worship rehearsal, and boom. I mean, we, we just clicked, and there it was. But you know what, what we, know we do? We just close it and keep going. So I'll just click the X, right? the little close button in the corner, right? It means nothing to us. Why? We're in his presence. Sin has no hold on you. Don't give your attention to it. Doesn't have any, any hold on you. Jesus knew this. He said, Satan has nothing in me. You say the same thing. Satan has nothing in me. Jesus is my brother. I'm born of the Father. I'm his son. I'm his offspring, his child. Satan has nothing in you. See, there's, there's much to be said about our attention. And we take it for granted. And sometimes we go through the day and we don't even realize what we've been given our attention to for the last hour and a half. But the Holy Spirit's in you to help you realize <laughs> what you're giving your attention to. And he's so good at it. He's so good at it. And I'll be going through the day and he'll just kindly, you know, figuratively speaking, kind of put his hands on my face and just keep going that way. Keep going that way. Oh, oh, no. No. Right? He's so good. He's good like that, right? He's good to, to give us a vision of the life he's prepared for us. So we don't have time to hate. We don't have time to hate anyone. Why? Because we've given our attention to his presence, and we know that he is love. So anything contrary to love just can't get in because we've given our attention to his presence. Hallelujah. So where I'm going is determined by who I've given my attention to. Who I've given my attention to is determined by the voices I'm choosing to listen to. This is really important. But you got to slow down to get this. Because we're such amazing creatures made in the image of God, we can just fly through life and all of a sudden 15 years are gone. And you've been, you know, doing what so-and-so told you to do and you've gone after this career and all of a sudden 20 years are gone. You say, what have I just done for the last 20 years? Because we're, we're made in His image and whether we know Him or not, we're really powerful. We're made in the image of God. Human beings, there's not, no, no other creature like us. It's kind of like, you know, when, you, when you, 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 you become the possessor of something that's powerful. Boy, I, I don't know about you, but I, 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 wanna, I look online and see if there are videos to teach me about it. I get the manual. I read a passage. Okay, what are these features? What, what, what can this thing do that I just became a possessor of? Well, see, this is what we learn at the highway. We learn how to possess our vessel. To become people who are possessors of the presence of God. Who give our attention to the one who made us. We realize the potential that we have. That's why we, we know that giving him our attention is vital to our success in the kingdom of God. And I am, I am so growing in this, you know. And I, I just, God's taking me to new levels of this. 
Because I, I am the type of person I can get into something. I can, you give me a goal and a task and I'll go on that thing and I'll work until it's done and I won't look back. But you know, the Lord has been dealing with me. He said, no, hold on now. Pull back and give your attention to me. Because I can see things that need to be done. And my, you know, a previous response is, okay, I'm going to get that done. Even when I'm praying, you know, I'll have a thought, oh, I've got to send out, contact so-and-so. Or this needs to be filed. Oh, I've got to make this document. Or I've got to call. And there are times when I'd actually went and did that in the middle of my prayer time. Have this wonderful time with God. I was like, oh, okay. You know, just shoot out a text. You know? Or organize a, a, an area, a closet or something like that. Right in the middle of prayer time. Can you imagine that? You're sitting, sitting with, with someone and having a great time, and all of a sudden they get up and they go, you know, organize their garage. <laughs> Isn't God gracious with us? Isn't he great? But the Lord's saying, will you stop organizing your garage and spend some time with me? Or whatever. Give me some attention. Because I want you to know me. So put the laundry aside and the dishes and the files and the calls you need to make and give me your attention. One thing is necessary to give him your attention. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> this is encouraging me. <laughs> I hope you're encouraged too. So this attention is such a big deal because it, it not only determines the direction that you're going, but it, it determines your identity. It determines the picture you have of yourself. Who I give my attention to determines how I see myself. The voices I choose to listen to determines how I identify myself. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go to verse 9. We just read verse 8. Still awake? Everybody good? Just let the Holy Spirit strengthen you now. Come on. Let him pick you up. Let him take you higher. He's the living God. No statues here. Just Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the everlasting Father. Hebrews 11, verse 9. By faith, there it is again, total confidence in God, by giving God his attention, he lived as an alien. Wow. That's kind of cool. When I was a kid, uh, they used to have sci-fi was a thing on Saturday mornings at my grandpa's. I lived with him for a while, so I'd turn on TV, and there'd be these sci-fi shows on. And aliens were all the rage in the 80s and 90s, 70s and 80s maybe, 60s, 70s and 80s, yeah. But everyone was, was really like, ooh, are there extraterrestrials? And many were convinced that Martians were stalking us, you know. 
But it says by faith that Abraham lived as an alien. What does that word mean? Do you know if you'll study the etymology, the, the root of the word alien in the Latin? It means belonging to another. Talking about identity. Who I belong to reveals my identity. Right? So when I give him my attention, I begin to identify with him. I realize I belong to him. I become an alien. I belong to another. Right? He was alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. We have that there. Good. <clears throat> Fellow heirs of the same promise. Verse 10. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Oh, I just love what the Holy Spirit's doing right here. So Abraham chooses to give God his attention. And I'm sure his extended family wasn't very happy about it because he was moving. But he gave God his attention no matter what Aunt Ethel said or whoever. And he began to follow God and he chose to give God his attention and he realized now that he belonged to God. That he was a foreigner on earth. Do you know, how many have seen the movie E.T.? Turn on your heart life. What's the next line? Anybody know it? Something about jumping over the moon or something? What? Come on, Neil Diamond fans. All right. E.T. It was a movie in the 80s, big hit. But you know E.T.'s got nothing on you? He was this fictional character, right? But he had his finger would light up. And his heart would light up. But the light of the world is living in you. You're an extraterrestrial. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg didn't create you. You really are. Earth is not your home. We're foreigners here. We identify with the kingdom of God. We are citizens of heaven. Aliens in Massachusetts. In Rhode Island. Or wherever you live. We're aliens in this world. It's important to know who you belong to. Give the one who made you your attention so that you can realize your true identity. So the things of this world won't, you get, won't get you upset anymore when you realize where you're from. My home's not like this. Oh, no. Our home's a sanctuary. I'm talking about our physical home and this earth. And we all look forward to going there because it's peaceful there. I didn't have that growing up. I wanted to get out of my home because it was a mess, full of pain. But thank God he saved me and he's given us a whole new life. And my children will never have to know what that's like. Look forward to that. If you've come out of a, a difficult upbringing, look forward to a new life. And I remember thinking, oh God, I, 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 I'm looking forward to the day when I can 
enter into a marriage of, that's of you and, and have children that know how much you love them and have a home where there's peace and joy and where your presence is known and followed. But our home is a sanctuary, and, you know, there is stuff going on other people's homes that's not going to go on in my home. So I don't let it bother me. Well, there's stuff that goes on in this world that I'm just not going to let it bother me because it's not my home. Don't carry the weight of the world's problems. They're not for you. God hasn't called you to fix people's problems. He's called you to know him. Way too many people run around trying to fix other people's problems. That's not what you're made for. You can't do it. You think you can, but you can't. You're just going to get tangled up in their stuff. And ended up having some of the same problems they're having because you're all tangled up with them again. God hasn't called us to run around fixing the world's problems. He's called us into relationship with him, to walk with him, and to follow him. The best thing I can do for you is follow God. Not get all tangled up in your stuff. The best way I can bless you is if I privately and personally spend time with him. It's the best thing I can do for you. The best thing you can do for your spouse is to give God your attention. Best thing you can do. Best thing you can do for your children is to give the Father your attention, your Heavenly Father. It's the best thing you can do. Give Him your attention. Hallelujah. See how simple life gets? And I said last week, you know, you've got to rearrange some things. You've got to simplify. Simplifying takes time (laughs) because we've learned to live with clutter. Right? We've learned to carry people's problems and add them to our own. And, and we've, we've, we've got used to carrying this stuff. And boy, when you start to shed it, it's like, oh, I didn't know I could stand up this tall. You know, I feel different now. But it takes time to get rid of junk. I like 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You guys ever know what that is? Is that what it's called? Man, they're my buddies. I love that. Come on over. I like that. You call them up, the junk, take it away. that's That's a God idea right there. But listen, God wants to take your junk. You're not attached to it, are you? I'm not one of those. I just get rid of it. It's in my way. <laughs> Let's get it out of the way. You know, our sentimental value is being his child. We value him, right? Not the stuff of this world. I'm thankful for our home and all the things the Lord has given us, but that's not where our value is. It's in this relationship we have with him. It's in this living, walking, breathing destiny he has for us. Our value's in him. So we, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, come get it, right? Let's make room for what he wants to do in our lives. So Abraham realizes that he belongs to God, that he's an alien in this world. And as a result, his vision is different. He's looking for a life that is built by God. 
How about you? Are you living a life that's built by God? Well, if you don't know this book, you're not. <laughs> Just being real with you. If you don't know this word, like you know your name, you're not, you're not living a life built by God. You got to get in this book and read it. There's no, there's no shortcut. That doesn't mean you have to be a Bible expert or a Bible scholar. It's just you've got to put your eyes on this and your heart in it. You've got to learn how good God is. Not legalism, how good God is and what he's done for you through his son. It's all in here. You have to have a hard copy Bible if you want to live a life built by God. Okay? Now, he can do some things in your life, but he's limited in what he can do until you get the knowledge of who he really is inside of you. And it's in this book, okay? So if you want a life built by God, get your hard copy Bible today. Don't let another day go by without it. And get a good translation like a, a New King James or New American Standard or English Standard Version and, and, and just start reading it. Open it up, start in the book of John, New Testament, and look at the relationship Jesus had with his father. And, and that's your relationship now. And get to know him. All right? So this is the most important thing in my life. Bar none. And there's no one that can compare to my wife and my kids, but this is more important than them. And I don't mean this physical book. I mean the true knowledge of the one who made me is more important. I can't love my wife and my kids until I grow in the true knowledge of the one who made me. Right? The best thing I can do for my wife and my kids is to grow in the knowledge of the one who made me so that I can love them as he loves them. Right? Hallelujah. Well, I think we're going to have to end here. i got a whole lot more, but we'll have to continue next week. I'm just listening on the inside. Hallelujah. It's fun doing this, isn't it? Your life doesn't run by a clock, Right? That clock's going to keep on ticking. But you know what? If you smash your clock, it won't tick anymore. <laughs> if you don't charge your Apple Watch, it won't come on anymore. Watch list, baby. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I like to keep my phone on silent mode. Problem is, I never get any phone calls. I never answer my calls, so I had to turn it on. He goes, I called you. I said, oh, you did? I didn't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we'll continue on the, along these lines next week. You want to be living a life that's built by God, and that comes simply by giving him your attention. Find time each day to pull away and be alone with him, Turn your phone off. Forget the bills or the projects or the phone calls and just say, whatever it is, you set aside a certain amount of time. Say, God, this is your time. This is me and you time. And no one's going to get in the way of this. And you lock your door. 
and be with your Father. Father, thank you so much for this time together. Oh, thank you for taking our junk away forever. For setting us free from heavy stuff that we can't carry. For giving us a new life, a life of liberty and joy. A life free from stress and anxiety and depression and fear and worry. A life of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Thank you, Lord, for the, the fruit of our recreated spirit blossoming in us. We choose to give you our attention and to follow you. We love you. In Jesus' name. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of his goodness, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.